everyone. Welcome to the Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In this week's episode, we interview Zero X Maki, an anonymous DeFi developer contributing to SushiSwap and Yearn Finance protocols. We talk about growing Sushi beyond its drama-filled beginnings as a fork of Uniswap into a DEX that can hold its own as the second most active trading platform in Ethereum DeFi. He goes into the main pieces that set SushiSwap apart with its margin trading and soon-to-be-released smart contract suite to easily launch tokens. In the works is also an NFT trading platform. And all of this innovation is coming from a community of contributors and not from a centrally organized team. We talk about Uniswap v3, and he says that while the concentrated liquidity concept is interesting, he doesn't think it will be the holy grail for AMMs, and says SushiSwap is also working on a way to make liquidity pools more capital efficient. He shrugged off the fact that Uniswap introduced a business license to its code, saying it doesn't really matter to him. In the end, he said, it's short-sighted for DEX competitors to be fighting among each other, as they should be fighting outwards to bring more people into DeFi and not inwards trying to win over the people who are already here. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. Check out Kraken, where you can earn additional rewards by staking some of your favorite DeFi assets. With more than 1 billion in crypto staked, including 350,000 ETH, Kraken has paid out 27 million worth of rewards to their clients. Pay a trade twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually. Sign up today at kraken.com and start earning some of the most popular DeFi assets, including Polkadot, Uniswap, Aave, and more. Sirion offers a simple interface to access and use decentralized finance. You can connect your favorite wallet, trade tokens, liquidity provider shares, and vaults in a single transaction. And then you'll be able to track your PL, average costs, and fees paid. All of this now is also available on mobile. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Ensign.finance. All right. 
Um, here we are with Zero X Maki. So excited uh, to have you on the Defined podcast. Nice to have you. <laughs> um, so, Zero uh, X Maki is a sushi chef. Uh, he is an anonymous DeFi developer contributing to obviously SushiSwap and also the Yearn Finance Protocol. Um, he is at the center of uh, two of the most uh, important uh, ecosystems in decentralized finance. So I'm really excited to uh, get your your thoughts and latest uh, latest news. Um, but I I would as always would love to just get to know you a little bit better. I know you're an anonymous. So that will be a little bit tough. But um, if you can just provide uh, as much as background as you can um, on yourself. Like, what were you up to uh, before crypto? What got you into crypto? You can keep things general, so you know uh, nobody can dox you. But we just get get to know um, get to know Zerex Maki a, a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been involved in crypto since 2013. Um, since then, I kind of lost. I touched with crypto until I discovered Ethereum. And then in 2017, saw the whole kind of ICO mania, didn't participate or partake into it too much. Uh, in 2018, when the bear market came, started to see some very interesting project growing. 2019, we have like the whole DeFi kind of protocols coming up to life. And 2020, where it's kind of the pinnacle with DeFi summer. So that's kind of where I took action and started to get involved uh, more. I guess closely with the community where I could basically I saw this project Sushi Swap that was open to computer and I just jumped in and started to get everything moving, uh, making sure that uh, this was not left for dead basically because I think um, a very community oriented project was important with very good values similar to Yearn, um, inspired by Yearn actually. And then here we are today, um, one of the top AMM. So yeah. that's kind of my background. Cool. Um, and and just like uh, um, briefly, I mean, were you a, a developer? Like, did you have like technical experience before going in into DeFi, or were you more kind of like a finance uh, kind of person? I was involved in Web two uh, mostly. Oh, got it. Cool. Um, so when you got into Sushi Swap, um. That was, I think, one of the like just biggest uh, dramas in 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 DeFi's short history. The whole, you know, forking of Uniswap, uh, Chef Nomi. Uh, you know, for for those who are listening, um, SushiSwap is a, a fork of Uniswap. Uh, right now, the biggest automated market maker or decentralized exchange in the space. Um, and SushiSwap uh, forked or copied the code and uh, added uh, a few things, including uh, a token, which Uniswap didn't have before. And this rallied a lot of support uh, and also a lot of money. Um, and then uh, when Sushi was kind of at the peak of its post-fork success, um, Chef Nomi, which, you know, he was one of the people who uh, started this project. He ran off the, with the funds uh, with um, 14 million worth of ETH at the time, uh, but then returned 
all of the funds again. So this was just it. I mean, it was like a soap opera. I remember covering it. It was incredible. The, the story, uh, completely crazy. Um, so I would just, you know, love to, I have the opportunity uh, to kind of hear that uh, the that um, the side of the story from you. Uh, I know it happened kind of it's like ancient history six months ago or whatever uh, however many months ago for for DeFi, um, but uh, still it's still to me like one of the most riveting stories uh, in DeFi. So um, we don't have to kind of talk about this too much, but we just love to hear from from you how that was like uh, especially kind of the moment when you you saw that chef nomi had uh, run off with the funds yeah um it was unexpected but uh, i think everything has been sort of uh, mitigated and we kind of uh, grow grew stronger from all of this this is kind of past history and to be honest it wouldn't be fair to just think about sushi uh, with just the, I guess, initial story. It's way more than a fork today. We're more than 14 people full-time. Uh, we have like a very broad uh, suite of projects that are emerging. Uh, just, you know, two weeks ago, we had Kashi uh, finally launching on Mainnet, which is very uh, exciting to me. And then we have Miso coming up probably end of this month, if not uh, in May. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, back then... I guess it was the, the most crazy story we saw in DeFi, I guess, for the year. But uh, since then, we kind of evolved stronger than just the fork. And I think that, you know, with even our new AMM coming very soon, um, we're going to prove ourselves that you know, this is more than just basically a, a fork. And, you know, the market is pricing us like it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, these are definitely points that I, I, I want to talk about. So... This idea of that you are more than just a fork. Um, I'd love to uh, hear kind of the, the breakdown of this. Uh, so the obvious thing when the, the fork first happened was um, the token. Uh, now Uniswap has its own, own token, but what are the main differences uh, with Uniswap? Like what, what would you say uh, are SushiSwap's biggest innovations right now? If we're talking just about the token, Sushi has uh, the fee switch activated, which is basically like uh, accruing value to X Sushi holders. Aside from that, uh, right now we're seeing um, innovation on the front of Kashi, where uh, we're talking about isolated market making, uh, money market, sorry, for uh, basically like any single ERC money. We're fixing um, the articles at the moment, so we can enable it on any single market that is on Sushi. Um, because, you know, this is kind of, the very key aspect, I would say, in making sure that it is safe and secure, uh, which is not very uh, easy to do because you need like very uh, efficient, very accurate price data. So we're working on this. We did start with a chain link markets to make sure mm-hmm. that you know we had like a very accurate uh, price uh, oracle. And then we're going to be expanding this as soon as possible. Um, what is very interesting is at the moment, people can create their own pair, but this will become trustless uh, very soon. Uh, we're thinking by end of the month, we're going to basically like the thing is we were thinking about launching, I guess, later, but we decided to launch earlier with rolling uh, basis update. So right now we have a limited amount of markets. I think it's 10 
uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, enabling you to long or short with leverage uh, various kinds. Mm -hmm. So that is one of the innovation we have MISO that is being worked on by another team inside of Sushi, which is basically like the perfect launchpad for every single digital asset, whether it is an NFT, whether it is a tokenized object, whether it is a ERC-20. Um, this is the perfect place to conduct, I would say, like a pre-sale or uh, something uh, similar. So a sale like the Ash Mask that went quite viral in the ecosystem could be enabled by um, MISO with like a mm -hmm. trench style of auction. So this is the sort of innovation we're working on. If there is what coming that is being worked on by one of our core dev Levex. And uh, pretty much uh, at the moment, that is what is in the immediate pipeline. So if we're talking about what is coming on for Q3, um, we've been seeing like a lot of traction in the NFT uh, segment. Mm -hmm. uh, took some interest uh, by our community. There has been like a proposal to start working on a exchange for NFTs called Nato or Show You. Um, it's still like the, the ideation process, mm -hmm. but you know, this is what is interesting is the innovation doesn't come necessarily from the very top of the team. It comes from the community. They are asking or voting on what they want to see happening. And then we execute following their, um, their lead basically. It's interesting what, what you're saying about all the different kind of innovation that's going on in, in the SushiSwap ecosystem and how that innovation is happening is also interesting because I think uh, a, a we're seeing kind of different um, models of uh, managing protocols arise. Uh, one is a more kind of traditional model of a um, centralized uh, company building a decentralized protocol. Uh, that's kind of more the Uniswap uh, model, uh, compound model. Um, but then there are other like more community uh, led um, models of, of building protocols. And I think Sushi is an example, Yarn. Um, is another example um, where all these proposals and, and changes are coming from the community instead of from a, a centralized structure, a CEO. Um, so that's I, I, obviously that has its uh, pros and cons. Um, I, I wonder how you're experiencing this type of work. Uh, like, does it get to a point where it's, it, it's just... Um, a, hard to get things approved um like too many voices maybe if, is it hard to, to to get like maybe quality uh, uh code shipped if there's like just too many chefs in the kitchen i guess it's a it's a good analogy uh it it might get it hard to to actually uh cook something <laughs> or or, or make a sushi roll. Um, what do you think about the different, uh, like the two approaches? I think what is very interesting and what we see kind of uh, forming up with uh, inside of sushi is we have like distinctive uh, team actually working on different products. So you can see Miso is being built by a very different team than the team building Kashi. Ultimately, all of them are uh, adhering or, you know, uh, leveraging our own solidity uh, guidelines that we've created in-house to make sure that everyone is on the same page. We're mm. also using the same stack for um, the front end and so on to make sure that everyone is able to switch seam seamlessly between each other project. And then 
Um, so all of these kind of SWAT team, you wanna, if you want to call them, are all dependent on, I guess, a central quote-unquote uh, design department or um, PM is kind of, you know, making sure that all of the gears are well oiled up. So, you know, there's no kind of blockers or anything like this. So ultimately, um, we're just seeing a very different type of coordination happening. And I'm actually very surprised to, um, I've seen something, someone working on solving this and it's called Coordinate. Um, it's very, it's the first product I see that is kind of adapted to this new reality of, you don't know who you're gonna be working with in maybe three weeks or four weeks mm. potentially, because some people are just, want to get involved but don't want to come in full-time so they're mm. literally just um coming in being quote-unquote contractor for two three weeks and coordinate is solving all of this so uh it's very fascinating to see people finding solution to problems that were not a thing back then or i would mm. say in a normal work environment mm. so um, but it's it can get very messy to kind of regroup all of these uh, Telegram channels, Discord groups, and so on and so on. Uh, ultimately, it's part of the I would say model that DAOs have at the moment. And mm -hmm. once we have like a full I would say perfect blueprint, everyone every DAO is going to be using it. But at the moment, it's still in the experiment phase, or you know, everyone is figure out what they can do, how they can do the best way, and so on. So it's less efficient, I would say. Mm -hmm. But we're getting there, we're getting shit done. We're, so ultimately, mm -hmm. it's the same result. I mean, it, it's definitely fascinating to see these new uh, business models or uh, just uh, working uh, models uh, emerge from, from this decentralized ecosystem. And yeah, like maybe uh, being an, uh, an employee, a full-time employee for a company is something of the past or something something that's simply like not uh not really part of this new uh new new era like new new tech kind of finance um but instead you are a a, a contributor not an employee and a, a contributor to many different projects not a single project um and and the, i mean the way that Payroll is run is different. The way that teams organize is different. Um, it's it's just really interesting to see this kind of play out uh, real time and how teams are uh, are organizing accordingly. Uh, but if it's if it's not uh, more efficient, why uh, why do it? Like, what's the uh, the main reason for working in this way in this kind of DAO uh, system? I know absolutely no one in my city that has blockchain experience. So I think that you're limiting yourself if you are um, trying to hire locally. Um, you can hire quote unquote remotely, but for these type of project, uh, just setting up a legal structure is quite the hurdle. It's very difficult. I don't see uh, why we would be building the future of finance um, then for companies. I think those are the futures too. And ultimately, like I said earlier, we're still figuring out all of the details. And, you know, we have like, everyone is sort of um, not being 
happy with the current context of snapshot and so on. But uh, the Gnosis team has been working very hard in making sure that uh, snapshot actually become a very neurologic uh, way of managing DAOs where you know you don't need like it is quote unquote uh, as effective as on-chain voting with uh, a compound governance uh, contract mm -hmm. or the Aave one. So I think we're going to get there. Um, and I do think this is the best way to work, uh, to gather to people who are passionate about getting involved in the space. There's way less barrier. Uh, we don't care if the person is from uh, India. We don't care if the person is from Europe, uh, South, South America, etc. cetera. Uh, everyone can be contributing and there is no problem with uh, getting the person is pay or else via bank. So yeah. that's why we're doing it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and uh, last question on, on this topic, but uh, why why be anonymous? I mean, there's obviously kind of like the regulatory uh, side to it, but yeah, is, is it just that, just reducing risk or, or just something else? It's more simple. Um, more simple for for what? For everything. <laughs> for everything. Okay, I guess you don't want to talk about why you decided to be anonymous. Um, um, all right. So uh, on on the other kind of uh, innovations that, that you mentioned, um, the the token and uh, fees accruing to the token, um, Kashi uh, would would love to uh, dive into into Kashi. Like, can you explain uh, what this is? Yeah, sure. Sorry about this. The, the audio was just lagged a little bit. Sorry? The audio just uh, dropped for a second. Oh. I didn't hear the question. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No, it's just I, I was saying you were mentioning uh, the, the different innovations that uh, Sushi has done um, with uh, the token and, and fees accruing to the token, uh, Kashi, uh, ideas around NFTs. Um, so wanted to uh, spend a little bit more time talking about about Kashi because uh, I'm, I'm sure as many of my listeners aren't aren't, aren't following or or aren't exactly sure what it is or how it works. So can you can you dive into that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, so if you Kashi, so Kashi is the first Kashi is the first uh, product. Uh, built on top of Bento Box, with Bento Box, which basically act as uh, a new infrastructure layer for uh, every kind of new product Sushi is going to be building moving forward. Um, what is very interesting with it is this is very gas efficient. Um, for example, doing a transfer um, on Kashi is almost gasless. It's very low. Um, how we can kind of leverage this is that all of the assets are sitting inside of a Bento Box contract. So Kashi is built on top to enable margin trading uh, where you can basically like supply asset and you can borrow asset. Um, what is very different than I would say something like cream finance, which is also part of the Yearn ecosystem is that we're optimizing for 
um, an interest rate of 80%, uh, meaning that this is for a very short-term uh, speculative purpose. It is mm -hmm. not meant to basically like leave your asset in there for, I would say, a very long period of time or optimizing for TVL. Like mm -hmm. it's not the more TVL in that matters. It's more about uh, which assets and the assets are in demand are used to long or short them. So that is, uh, so someone that wants to take a position against, I don't know, a very new uh, shiny ERC-20 can do so by creating a market on cash and uh, supplying a very tiny amount of assets then basically like making the API be very high so people are incentivized to um, supply in there. So that is, uh, I guess, the idea behind Cashy. Okay, so enabling uh, margin trading on uh, ERC-20 tokens um, in a way that lets users take long and short uh, positions on, on these tokens. Um, and yep. it's op optimized for like short-term um, trading, basically, right? Exactly. Uh, what is very important is there is isolated lending, lending pairs. So mm -hmm. anyone can create like a pair, like I just said. Uh, it's up to the user to choose which one is safe to supply. And also um, all of the risk, the LTV is up to the creator of the pair. So you can have like very aggressive um, lending pairs where uh, it would be unreasonable to have the same on, let's say, uh, compound because there's a high risk of liquidation. In mm. Cashy, some pairs can fail and it won't affect the overall system, the overall health. Um, we also have like, you know, flexible Oracle. So they're both on-chain and off-chain. At the moment, we only have the chain link Oracle enabled, mm -hmm. uh, which basically um, contribute to the liquid interest rates that I was talking earlier, which target 70 to 80%. Mm -hmm. And all of the supply asset can be used for flash loans and uh, to provide extra revenues to supplier, basically. Uh, and also be voted to be supplied somewhere else, uh, ultimately, like a percentage. So for example, all the sushi deposited in mm -hmm. Cashy or the bento box uh, can use a strategy to be staked in X sushi. So they can earn a portion uh, of the sushi deposited in X sushi. So that's kind of... Uh, the idea behind, I guess, bento box and cashew. Oh my God, it sounds super complicated. Like how how are you able to uh, make sure that the, the tokens that you're depositing on cashew and bento box, you're like using them um, twice? So these are, to... Yeah, these these are voted on by, um, mm -hmm. by the community. And this, this is only a conservative. LTV. So only 20%, for example, of the sushi on Bento can be lent out. It's very similar to the balancer V2 model. Okay. Where, you know, some assets can be uh, lent on Aave while they're not being, quote unquote, actively used. Right. Um, what's the risk here? Like, I meant, like, what happens if those assets are suddenly, like, if there's, like, some, like, huge price swing or, like, uh, tons of market volatility and suddenly uh, Sushi uh, needs those assets that are being lent out somewhere else. So this could only happen uh, if people wanted to withdraw all at the same time, right? Right. And that's why there's only a 20% uh, LTV. So only 20% of all of the assets can 
could potentially be lent out outside mm. and they can be okay. retrieved at any moment right so in theory like this is not a problem because they're just so and they're like in very safe you know strategies so for example for xsushi it's stake for a year and it would be stake in the governance contract and so on and so on like mm. we won't be seeing uh sort of uh yearn strategies being involved you know because that could, that could be risky so it's very conservative uh, it's there but it's not like uh, something that would cause any kind of risk to the system in itself okay um and then what about me so you, you mentioned it's uh, uh that it will be launched uh, pretty soon you said end of the month um what's what's this about MISO is actually complete at the moment code-wise. Uh, we're mm. waiting for the security audits. Um, we did like um, a key one update very recently on Medium that I would uh, recommend everyone to kind of read about, uh, where we put Sertora on the retainer of three months. Uh, so they will be auditing pretty much every single new contract that we're putting out, uh, mm. whether it is MasterChef V2, limit orders, um, in this case, MISO. It is basically a launchpad for any single uh, ERC20. Okay. And uh, people can create their own kind of pre-sale leveraging the various models. So um, let's say you want to be launching a new a new asset or new project uh, using like a Dutch auction. You can do it on MISO. Uh, you can mm -hmm. also go for a, a very uh, regular model similar to what just happened with the Genesis event of Fake Protocol. So where an amount of ETH uh, gives you uh, a similar amount of token, and then you can do pre-swaps with it, or you can just keep it as is. So mm -hmm. that is what kind of miso enable. Uh, potentially, you know, can be used for NFTs too. For example, uh, you can see trench type of sales where you know the first I don't know a hundred contributors uh, or you know, investors are incentivized in a different way than I guess the last 50. So this is all kind of possible with MISO. And what is very interesting is um, it is built in a very uh, open way. So people can create their own recipes. Uh, we call them mm. recipe internally. So um, a dog session is a recipe uh, and so on and so on. And mm. what is powerful is that you can also opt in for a liquidity mining program right in the MISO interface. You can opt in for example, a percentage of the token being invested by the team uh, mm. and so on and so on. We make it very easy basically to uh, to launch these new assets. Oh, cool. So it's, it's kind of like a drag and drop uh, token issuance system. I'm not familiar with drag and drop, but... <laughs> Just like out of the box thing, you know, like not, you yeah. don't need to do like do so, so much work. Uh, it's, it's like you put the pieces together and then you're done. Exactly. Cool. Um, so I was looking at uh, the sushi shop uh, metrics versus uh, Uniswap and was seeing that um, uh, Uniswap is doing about three times the volume that SushiSwap is. It has two times the liquidity. Uh, it's con collecting three times the fees. But looking at the Sushi market cap versus Uniswap, 
the difference is huge. Uh, so Sushi is at 2 billion uh, about market cap and Uni is at around 16 billion. So while on the other metrics, uh, Uni beats Sushi by like 2X or 3X by market cap, Uni beats Sushi by um, around eight times. Um, so wondering why, uh, do you think the market is pricing uh, sushi swap this way? Like, what are investors missing? Um, I don't really focus on all of the price actions or or else. I focus mostly on like you know, uh, volume TVL metrics. So mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't answer why you know the price is behaving this way. Perhaps it's the fact that you know we are disputing. Uh, tokens very uh, heavily to the community. We want to make sure that mm. you know um, everyone can have a say in the project. So we're highly incentivizing various communities and so on. Um, mm. Maybe it's because you know the price is closer to its real value. I personally I have no no clue and not interested in all this speculation talk. <laughs> all right, um, makes sense. Um, so. Right now, obviously, the one of the, the main um, problems uh, for using DeFi is the, the high Ethereum gas cost. Um, a lot of uh, projects in, in the space are migrating to or thinking of migrating to layer two. Uh, others are building on other layer ones. What are SushiSwap plans on this? Right now, we deployed on every single one um, sidechain or EVM compatible um, blockchain. So basically, we are waiting to see where the community is going to be um, moving to. We are seeing a lot of movement to uh, Polygon at the moment. Uh, we're very mm -hmm. interested in uh, various ecosystem. We are waiting for you know Polkadot to launch. Um, there is a proposal that was posted very recently that passed about Sushi joining a force with Radium and Sora to uh, basically enable um, Sushi swap there. Mm. We are about to um, we're about to finalize, I guess, um, talk and working with the team to uh, see how we can leverage each other kind of knowledge and um, communities. But ultimately, like um, we're not going to be the ones saying where we're going. Uh, we're not going to be conducting any purity tests. If people want to go on Binance Smart Chain, so be it. We're going to be there for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they want to leverage something else, I would be happy to, um, to, to be there too. So that's how we kind of approach the whole scalability problem. Um, I think the most innovative solution or you know, exciting ones like uh, Optimism, Arbitrum, and ZK Sync are not out yet. And mm. once they are, um, we're going to see actual um, liquidity moving to layer two. Right now, everyone is still on layer one, even if there's alternative. Um, I think it's mostly a security problem uh, with XDAI, um, with Polygon and so on. Uh, mm. That's why people don't want to move there, I guess, quote unquote. Uh, maybe mm. they've not been incentivized enough. Who knows? I cannot... Uh, I can't speak for everyone, but the the majority of you know project composability and everything is on layer one. So right. Um, so to you, it 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 
it seems like you, I mean, sushi shop will go wherever the community says, um, uh, but you're, you're kind of, uh, deploying to uh, as as many layer twos and, and layer ones as possible to to kind of be ready for uh whenever that happens exactly i mean we're starting to see it happen a little bit on polygon because of how they moving there uh mm. not moving but actually you know opening up uh we're already on polygon uh i think we've been there since early march if i remember correctly mm -hmm. so so yeah, it's just, we're not providing any incentives at the moment, um, mostly because, um, like I said, all the action is still in Ethereum mainnet, so mm. on layer one. Uh, but once, you know, we see traction there, we will uh, potentially, you know, start to maybe, I don't know, maybe a proposal for incentivizing various, you know, layers or perhaps moving some of the, um, I would say nephrologic things or, you know, new new apps will be only on layer two i have no clue where it's going to take to bring everyone over there because mm -hmm. that's that's what everyone wants but nobody yeah. seems to be making any moves so yeah um, we'll see i mean i don't have the, the answer and if i add it i would i would be working on it um and so and you are saying you think that is because some of the most viable or interesting solutions aren't totally ready yet like um optimist optimism um ck sync like those are are not 100 percent ready for kind of just uh prime time i guess mm -hmm. yeah i mean security is i think the most important aspect of all these uh, layer two or sidechain uh, since it's not a hundred percent safe at the moment i think that's mm -hmm. why we're seeing some um people not willing to move um, more actively. Hmm. So, yeah. And interesting to hear your take on uh, cross-chain. Like it, it seems like you're 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 not um like other Ethereum projects so tied to the idea of staying hundred percent on Ethereum and even you know opening up to something like Binance Smart Chain, which some projects would like definitely not <laughs> not not consider. Um and I, I I guess interested in kind of your broader view here. Like do you do you see a cross-chain uh DeFi uh winning out in the end, like a, a multi-chain future? Um, I have absolutely no clue on this. I'm not closing the door to anything. Personally, uh, I find it kind of, I hope we are not moving towards a future where uh, Binance Smart Chain is the dominant player. That would be very ridiculous. But um, mm -hmm. I do think um, if there is, quote, if Ethereum can scale uh, natively, you know, ZK Sync um, and the other solutions, Arbitrum, I think we're going to, the raison d'etre of all these other kind of layer one is probably going to die from it, uh, unless they have like a very competitive aspect or um, very key builders in their ecosystem, mm. which I'm starting to see on Polkadot. I see like some very uh, interesting individual building there exclusively uh, with a very good philosophy. On Solana, I mean, we're starting to see one or two projects being uh, getting traction. So if one Kind of heard about the co-airdrop. Um, people are starting to pay attention to uh, other projects that could potentially not be um, 
happening on Ethereum, uh, mainly everything related to, I guess, ivory currency trading and so on. Um, mm. But aside from that, I think it's going to be perhaps a multi-chain future, but very niche. Uh, I think mm-hmm. where everything is happening on Ethereum and more like specific application like NFTs or else are on flow, for example, or I don't know. Personally, I'm not a huge fan, but I can see it happen and I can see that happen and I'm not against it. Ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, as long as we have like uh, a new new financial rails for, for finance or else, I'm going to be happy. And it is decentralized and censorship resistant. That's all. That's all that matters. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. And maybe we, you can dive into that a little bit. Why is this new financial system um, w- winning or or developing further important to you? Like, why why have this more open and uh, permissionless system like does it does it come from some kind of uh, just your your own experience with uh, with traditional finance like what is kind of motivating you to be building in this space um interacting with the traditional finance is awful i think and we are um self-sovereign individual uh, fighting for this, so that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't think I need to go at length to uh, see why it is so important. Um, sending a transfer should be very easy between two individuals in this world, and there shouldn't be any intermediaries uh, trying to block us in any single way. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, cool. I wanted to also uh, talk about uh, Uniswap V3. Um, the big kind of innovation here was concentrated liquidity. Um, what what were your thoughts there? Um, do you think this is uh, a, a good step forward for AMMs? Uh, and do you foresee implementing any of these ideas uh, to SushiSwap? Um, I think it's very cool. Uh, I mean, the Uniswap team have always been kind of innovating in the space. Uh, they've been here for quite some time. Uniswap V3 is very interesting. Um, the problem is right now we cannot see it behave in action, right? So we don't know exactly mm-hmm. how it's going to be looking like. I think in one month or you know two months when we have like uh, way more people using it, le- leveraging it, see how the LP behave um, and so on is going to be very eye-opening. In the meantime, uh, I don't think it makes much sense to comment on something that is not uh, quote unquote available to play with. Uh, but, you know, uh, the capital efficiencies that they've been, uh, I guess, working on is very nice. I don't, like, you know, the NFT part for LP token is something that I found uh, strange at first. Uh, then the more you're kind of digging in the, I guess, in the code and um, in all the ways developers can leverage it. It's interesting. Um, they thought about a lot of things for sure. And mm-hmm. that's why it took so long. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, it's all going to be about how long tails assets are going to be behaving with all of this. Uh, LPs, are we going to see like more quote unquote sophisticated actors preying on lazy actors and so on? Uh, who knows? I, I think it's too early to comment on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting with a uh, Uniswap V3 with a layer two on top is going to be interesting. Um, 
but I don't think it's the quote-unquote holy grail of EMM. I think uh, it is a good step in the right direction. Um, for sushi, we're going to be uh, leveraging some sort of capital efficiency too, but uh, we're not going to be forking any of the code. Hmm. Um, well, and right now, Unisub made it almost, I guess, illegal to to fork the code uh, with its kind of new copyright. Um, what, what did you think about this? I mean, ha having like forked the original code of, of Unisub, the fact that Unisub is now introducing this this kind of blocker for future forks of, of the protocol. It doesn't matter, I think. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because you weren't thinking of of, uh, of forking V3 anyways. Nope, nope. <laughs> right. Um, so so can you tell us uh, more about this capital efficiency that you're planning on, on for SushiSwap? Our core DevLevX is going to be posting about this very soon. So I'll let in to uh, do the whole kind of technical legwork. Okay, we'll have to wait then. <laughs> um, you you also mentioned work with um, uh, NFTs on on SushiSwap and and integrating integrating an NFTs uh, somehow. Um, anything else you can kind of any details you can drop on that? Um, show you and or Nato or whatever it's going to be called. I have no clue at the moment what the community decided on or finalized on. Um, is mostly going to be aimed at making, I guess, uh, NFT easier to quote unquote trade after they've been auctioned on potentially MISO. Mm. The thing is, there's like very uh, different type of NFTs, right? There's like the generational mm. one where there's like multiple thousands of units. There's the one of ones. Uh, now we're seeing people actually working on fractionalizing the one of one. Um, fractional art is one of the fractional dot art is one of these projects. Uh, we're seeing, you know, project doing index of of NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, I think that at this point, there's enough kind of action and traction in the space to uh, be an actor. And you know, the proposal has been put up. I think one or two weeks ago. Um, it's too early, I think, to even talk about. Uh, about it in a serious way until we have like some code written. Like okay. we have code for MISO, we have code for uh, Limit Orders, MasterChef V2, uh, mm -hmm. there is swap. But for um, for Nato or show you, it's still just an idea, I guess. Okay. So. Um, no, very cool to see so much innovation, uh, even you know, even on uh, NFTs, uh, which just just recently kind of blew up but i i'm really interested to see how they will fit into uh just like purely um defi protocols just mixing uh nfts with 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 defi um and how to make these uh things kind of interact uh with just money legos I mean, will, will be will yeah, be cool. yeah i mean they're going to be so relevant even if the art part like you said just uh, blew up personally i've not been following uh, the whole kind of market or else so not I've not I'm not synced on this but ultimately like uh, the LP position of Uniswap are going to be NFTs uh, right. and we're probably going to be using more uh, more and more of them so 
uh, for actual, um, you know, in DeFi or in financial mm-hmm. purpose. So we're positioning ourselves to make sure we are there. So interesting how kind of in this new uh, Web3 world, everything starts to become money. Like the 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 lines between what's finance, what isn't finance starts to become blurry when you're interacting with blockchains, which have really value at their core. Totally agree. Yeah. And I I think what was uh, very nice about the NFT part though, um, a lot of uh, digital artists that were not necessarily involved in crypto got to know about what is MetaMask, how to mint a a token, an NFT token, et cetera, et cetera. And I think people are overlooking this aspect. Uh, I think a lot of people have a bad stigma of crypto and I guess the normie uh, world or, you know, the very um, pe- people just think uh, Bitcoin, I miss the boat or, you know, it, mm-hmm. number go up and, and so on or bubble. Uh, NFT, that was the first time they, they heard about this concept. And I think that was very novel. And that's why people get excited again about this yeah. whole kind of uh, universe. And then they come in with, a, I, I, I believe, like a fresh mind. And they see, mm-hmm. oh, now we have DeFi. What is DeFi? Oh, that's not Bitcoin. That's not as boring. Oh, this is actually a way that I can earn yield on my US dollar. Oh, I can take a loan against my own. You see, that's like what I think was the most interesting about um part of the 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 nft craze you know not yeah. just this obviously but yeah uh, fascinating no i, I agree it, yeah it was awesome to see um people who were never interested in crypto before take a second look and participate with the space uh it's like we got a whole new wave of creators and artists uh getting interested in in crypto where, where before it was mostly you know like uh speculators, traders, uh, people, you know, like sound money, uh, kind of digital gold kind of people. Um, so we, we're, we're getting a whole new uh, wave of, of newcomers into the space all because of NFT. So it's, it's uh, pretty cool to see. Um, and that makes me think of, you know, sushi is, is very much, uh, it, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems very much targeted to kind of the DeFi degen. <laughs> like it, all its offerings are, are very much kind of, uh, you know, highly kind of speculative or, or, or at least kind of require some level of risk or technical knowledge or, or at least financial knowledge. Um, do you, is, is it on, on your roadmap to start kind of targeting a more uh, widespread audience, like a more newbie audience who, you know, maybe doesn't want to take the, the, the huge risk of, of yield farming and uh, wants to do, uh, wants to take kind of like safer bets into DeFi or, or are you just, you know, like the, the more kind of degen is, is your, your audience and, and your, your kind of going to stay loyal with with them um i don't i don't see how we couldn't be able to get her to vote I, I think i think we we need like various interface for you know i think an interface for people that are like beginners and more uh, another one for more pro people i think right now you know you yourself as uh, 50,000 90,000 users monthly or something 
uh, actively kind of using the the DAP sushi as two thousand or three thousand. Um, we're making you know uh, twice, uh, two times less volume, right there. Uh, two times less volume or something like this. You said uh, metric wise. Um, the the way we think about this is we're gonna be uh, making sure that I guess hosted or um, custodial wallet have it easy for these users to mm. to, to to you know use uh, sushi swap in the future. So integration with you know things like Taurus, I think I think that's the right name. I'm not hundred mm-hmm. percent sure of it. So making sure that for them it is as if you were signing up for an account for any single kind of web to um, website. We want oh, to kind of democratize. Yeah, we want to make sure that we democratize um, this whole kind of MetaMask blockchain, like, oh, mm. I don't know how to tweak this and that. Why my trade is not going in? Why do I need to purchase? Can I purchase with credit card? No, I cannot. See, mm-hmm. it's still very complicated. Yeah. Um, people like, you know, people that I meet for the first time and are not into crypto, um, you have no choice but to send them to um, centralized exchange at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. There is absolutely no way a DEX can compete with a centralized exchange at the moment. Uh, is this ever going to change? I think so. Mm-hmm. But we're still like a long way forward. Uh, it's going to be a long way, I think, a few mm-hmm. years at least. Um, mostly because we're trying to build new financial rails while they are still in the old system. Right. Uh, and, you know, there's like a very complex uh, regulation aspect here that I don't want to dabble into because each time I talk about compliance, my my brain is losing cells and so on. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I'd rather not. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, right now I think we have enough um, traction and we have enough project coming up um, to keep kind of gathering to this DJ audience. And they are mm-hmm. actually very savvy users. They're power users in my opinion. Uh, they mm-hmm. are the one um, who understand all of this the most. Uh, yep. Very valuable individual and community members in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, they're going to be helping us shape uh, this, I guess, onboarding for normies in the future. We are conducting you know, uh, user research for many of our uh, new UIs that are mm-hmm. being developed. And the truth is, um, UX and DeFi is really difficult to get right, in my opinion. Mm. Like yeah. in a way where um, people are not savvy with Ethereum or you know MetaMask and so on. Um, just Wallet Connect is a very good, you know, kind of uh, UX uh, for these newcomers. But even then, you know, making them store their money on their cell phone and so on, it's not obvious for everyone. Mm. So. Yeah, we're gonna get there, I think, but it's gonna take some time. Yeah, uh, no, totally right. So, and I think you're you're doing what most of DeFi is doing right now, which is um, focusing on kind of the DeFi native, the DGen, you know, the trader uh, who can better assess the risk, who has uh, just more experience in the space, who who already has some capital to to risk in DeFi, and they will, I think, pave the way for the more mainstream user once the whole system is stronger. Um, 
But um, interesting to see that you're kind of already make, like making research and making headway on 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 this. Uh, uh, and, and I think kind of like those fiat on ramps, like uh, Taurus or others, or or just like easier ways for uh, like non DeFi natives to start using SushiSwap and other DeFi apps. Well, will be exciting to see how um, how more kind of uh, mainstream um users start to interact with with these things but yeah these are i mean it's definitely kind of only the beginning i mean we're uh just getting started in in this uh respect i mean it's a huge think long way to go room. yeah i think there's enough room for multiple um decks too it's very important to um see how much aggregators have become useful uh, with all these kind of liquidity being spread over you know uh uniswap sushi Dancer, banker, uh, you know, it's been, and a lot of others, you know, are coming up, I'm pretty sure, on other chains too. Mm. So it is very key, I think, to understand we're not like fighting inward, but outward. Like, you know, it's, we mm -hmm. want to bring more people inside this ecosystem. It's not about winning just inside DeFi. Like that would be so short-minded, close-minded or, you know, short-sighted, I think. Yeah. Um, it's really more about like making sure that people can have like all these opportunities. Uh, right now, they're probably not going to start on, on Ethereum, sadly. Um, mm. They're going to start on other side chain, which is disappointing, but hopefully we're going to be, be able to scale before um, all these newcomers are, I guess, onboarded. Uh, which I think, by the way, is just the beginning right now. Um, the day we're eating more than 100 billion in DeFi um, is just going to be the start. Totally agree. Um, great. Uh, then to to wrap up, uh, I'm interested in uh, what um, what about uh, sushi that uh, that's being built right now, or even just in in, in DeFi in general. Um, has you the, the most uh the most excited like what are you looking forward to seeing shipped um being shipped like in the defi apps you means or infrastructure wise what is um um either like just anything that um, you're I've like been, you've, been, you've been waiting to like see and, yeah and, so yeah. it's very very interesting to see um I guess uh, stable, all those stable coin coming back into uh, the spotlight, you know, with uh, mm. Olympus, Float Protocol, uh, Fay Protocol, and so on. It's been, you know, uh, writing a lot of ink lately mm -hmm. um, for good or bad reasons, doesn't matter. I think um, all those stable coins are very uh, fascinating uh, because, you know, you're kind of, Right now, most of DeFi is running on stables, you know, that are quote-unquote yep. necessarily fully permission, uh, permissionless aside from from DAI and even then DAI has some issue a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Although, you know, I think it's one of the, you know, it's it's one of the biggest protocol that we have in DeFi, which is amazing. Um, yep. And it is a very old one too. So this is quite interesting to see. Identity and uh, insurance is also a very nice uh, mm. project. Uh, Bright ID, which has not taken enough traction yet, is fascinating to me. Uh, the day we're kind of solving identity 
is going to be um, very useful for uh, sizable attack and so on. Um, yeah. Instead, like everything that work governance, um, I'm still waiting for, I guess, the perfect uh, on-chain way to, to do everything. I don't think one token, one vote is the way to go. Um, mm. This is very um, prone to governance takeover by whales or and so on. So we're going to find something. I do know that, you know, there's a project like DX that are experimenting with this with reputation and also tokens and so on. Um, ultimately, I think the next thing that I would like to see built is something that I don't even know of myself that we're going to see, <laughs> um, you know, popping up in maybe two to three months by someone that is hopefully anonymous. So. <laughs> nice. Totally. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great answer. Awesome. Um, Mikey, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, this was really interesting. Really appreciate uh, your, your insights and, uh, and getting to know uh, SushiSwap uh, from, from, the, from the inside <laughs> with, with you. So yeah, thanks again. It was great chatting. Thank you. And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.Finance. Sirion offers a simple interface to access and use decentralized finance. You can connect your favorite wallet, trade tokens, liquidity provider shares, and vaults in a single transaction. And then you'll be able to track your PNL, average costs, and fees paid. All of this now is also available on mobile. Check out Kraken, where you can earn additional rewards by staking some of your favorite DeFi assets. With more than 1 billion in crypto staked, including 350,000 ETH, Kraken has paid out 27 million worth of rewards to their clients. Pay a trade twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually. Sign up today at kraken.com and start earning some of the most popular DeFi assets, including Polkadot, Uniswap, Aave, and more. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.